0: <laughs>
1: so I said, come along closer. Yeah.
0: Good, morning. Good, morning. good morning. Good morning. Wednesdays, we're feeding the homeless. If you guys are around, you want to join us. If you want to help fill the bags, you can do that. Um, we usually leave here a little afternoon. Um, if going out and feeding them doesn't sound good, but maybe what they do is they fill grocery bags, reusable grocery bags. And The grocery bags have the gospel printed on them, Romans 10.9, which is cool. And we fill them with food, and then we just take them out to the homeless and pray with them. And If that part doesn't sound good, but you want to help fill the bags, I'm sure you can help do that. We could set you up. Just let us know. The next women's study is May 19th at 6 p.m. here at the house. Did you make it through chapter one? No. <laughs> we
1: did an unscripted introduction.
0: An unscripted introduction. The,
1: yeah, the the first chapter we go over you got this book, right?
0: Mm-hmm. The first chapter uh, goes over and has a study guide so we're going to go like, through the study guide so yeah, it's just too hard to try to do both Okay so. The next men's study is May 21st, 9am here at the house Youth night is this Thursday? Where'd Kylie go? Youth night's this Thursday You're good? You know? It's going to be a party. Yeah. We're going to watch The Chosen. Before that, we're going to read through what the Bible says about the episode we're about to watch. So you know what comes from the Bible and, and what is creative, artistic add-ins. Um, and, so, and there'll be a message more geared towards the youth. That's so. And then June 5th, we're going to do a potluck lunch after service. Yeah. Oops, got go a So, with all that, those are the announcements. Um, let's pray. Dear Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for the work that you do in each one of our lives. I just ask that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, and that you would draw us closer to you, that you would lead us, that you would guide us, that um, you would speak to our hearts today, that we would receive your word. Um, I thank you for your love, I thank you for your mercy, and I thank you for your grace. I ask you would watch over this community, that you would bless it, that you would bring many in this community to come to know you, and that you would watch over our leaders in this community, in this state, and in this nation, that you would bring many of them to come to know you. And that you would guide them to you. Lord, I thank you for all that you do for us. And that you would bless us today as we leave here. Bless each and every mother. Um, and that you would... Just let them know that they are special, that they are loved. It's in Jesus' name I pray all these things. Amen. Amen. So. so we're continuing through Romans, just getting started. We did an introduction of who Paul was and the life that he lived apart from God and then with God, and that there was a, a definite difference once walked away from God And now is walking with God. And that there is no in-between. There's no neutral ground. There's no good. There's you're with God or you're against God. The Bible makes that clear. And so I got to see that through Paul in in his life. Um, And then we continued on with kind of his introduction. And and he starts his introduction and explains who Jesus is. That Jesus is the Son of God. And so we'll pick it up here in in verse 8. And continue to see what Paul says. This is Paul's communication to the church in Rome. Um, none of the apostles at this point had made it to Rome, but somehow the gospel had made it to Rome. Um, so God's word was being spread, not just through the apostles, but through all the believers. And it's, it is our responsibility to, to share his good news with everyone we meet. So, and we'll learn more about that today. So we'll pick it up in Romans chapter 1, verse 8. And today we're going to be out of the um, New American Standard Bible, the 2020 version. So I like this one. Um, it's, I feel, it very close with the King James Version. Um, but it uses a little more modern day language that I can understand and relate to. So that's why we're going to read out of this one. Um, so first, starting in verse 8. First, I thank my God, through Jesus Christ, for you all, because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the world. For God, whom I serve in my spirit, in the preaching of the gospel of his Son, is my witness as to to how unceasingly I make mention of you. Always in my prayers, requesting, if perhaps now, at last, by the will of God, I will succeed in coming to you, for I long to see you, that I may impart some spiritual gifts to you, that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you, while among you, each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine. So first and foremost, Paul here, he gives glory to God, and that's where glory is always due, Um, that he thanks God for these believers. If it wasn't for God, they wouldn't be there. Um, And that's what we're to do too. Everything we're to give glory to God. Sometimes we look to ourselves, um, both when things we've talked before about when things aren't going right, but we look to ourselves when things are going right. Oh, look what I've achieved, look what I've done. But that's not the way it works. It's the work that Jesus has done in our lives, that we're able to do those things, that he's put that into into a, a good effect in our lives. Um, Jesus made it clear that good only comes from God. So, um, and God doesn't share his glory with anyone. Um, his glory is his and his alone. And we're to, to give that and not to, not to try and take any of it away. So Paul doesn't, doesn't try and take any glory from God. He gives it all to God. He's thankful to God for these believers and for the work that they're doing. And then makes mention that, that their faith is known all throughout the world. Um, so I believe when the Bible says something, I believe what it says. So when he says that their faith was made mention all throughout the world, I believe that, that all throughout the world people knew about this Roman church's faith. Um, and that's a, I think it's an important point. So we got to see that when we when we fed the homeless on Wednesday. One of the guys um, comes up, a new guy that we had met before, Donald, and I want to know, well, do you really believe the Bible? You really believe what it says? You really believe that these guys live to be 900 years old? And, and my answer is yes, I absolutely do. When, the, when God's Word says that Adam lived to be 930 years old, I believe it. You know, when God's Word said that there's a global flood, yes, I believe it. You know, when God says that he created the heavens and the earth, created the earth in six literal days, yes, I believe it not in some kind of outside time or anything like that six literal days his made word makes it clear sun up sundown was one day so so i believe all that i believe god at his word um and i don't think i'll be disappointed when i meet god i don't think god's gonna say oh matt how could you believe that you know there's no way that could happen no i think it takes faith and paul's gonna further on explain this to us what that faith is um but And I think God shows us things. So we did a a gravel pit up in Craig, Colorado. This was quite a few years ago. We were up there. And so you're up in the mountains and we're digging down. And we get like 15 feet down. And we'd find these big chunks of, of black clay. And inside these big chunks of black clay were big chunks of tree. And these trees, you could see the rings in them. But it was like the clay preserved the tree. Well something at some point in time washed these huge massive trees down into this hole and then covered them with rock and sand something like you'd see in a massive flood so at some point there was a massive flood that they covered up on top of the mountains here in colorado and we get to see that and so yes i think god gives us evidence each and every day um, for his creation and for who he says he is and that his word is true and that um, he explains it very well to us and very clear to us. There's no, no doubt. And that when we do have a question, it's okay. Thomas had doubts and had questions and is known for being doubting Thomas, which gets a bad rap. But when Thomas saw him, he believed. And God's okay with that. God's okay with our questions, our doubts. But when we know the truth, then we have to make a decision. And we have to make that decision. Yes, God, I believe you. I believe you at your word. So, um Jonah and the great fish you know I believe that I believe that he was swallowed up was it a whale I don't know I do believe in that literal interpretation of the Bible and the Bible makes it very clear that it was a great fish so I believe a great fish swallowed him up and spit him out and he went and did God's will and so yes I absolutely believe that Um, and it wasn't like my faith was questioned it was just a, a question that this man had you know do you really believe that and then to be able to explain to him yes I believe that I believe why in the why, yes, I'm sorry, in the why of why I believe that, you know, Um, I believe that there was a ferment over the earth in those times, and that, I don't know if that was like a canopy that kept the direct sunlight out, but still allowed light in, you know, you think of putting something outside in the sun, and it fades, you know, very quickly, but keep it inside, and it, it preserves a lot longer, so something to that effect, I'm not sure exactly how God did it, but he did it, and I believe it. So, um, but back to the context here. So Paul, here he talks about praying um, unceasingly. I make mention of you to this Roman church. And Paul oftentimes says this. That he prays without ceasing. He says this in First 1 Thessalonians 1, 1.3. He says it in First Thessalonians 2.13, 2 Timothy 1.3. And these are all in reference to Paul praying without ceasing. So Paul is leading by example which is how we're to lead. We're to lead by example, not by what we say, but more by what we do. So as we lead our children, as we lead other people in our lives, people we work with, we're to lead by example because people are watching us, especially when they find out that you're a believer. They're definitely watching you, whether you know it or not, whether you're paying attention to it or whether you're aware of it. People are watching what you do. Oh, you're a Christian? Well, you shouldn't be acting like this, you know, or it could be the opposite. Oh, they must really be a Christian. I, I see that in their lives. And that's how we should be living. Um, so with that being said, let's go to First uh, Thessalonians 5.14. And let's see where Paul gets this, this idea of praying without ceasing. So here in first Thessalonians five fourteen. Paul's the one that's writing this, he's writing this letter to the Thessalonians, and he says, We urge you, brothers and sisters, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint hearted, help the weak, be patient with everyone, see that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek what is good for the one for one another and for all people. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. So Paul's teaching this church. He's telling them what they should do. And it, he makes mention here in verse 17, praying without ceasing. And he goes on with some conjunctions there to let you know that that's God's will. God's will is we pray without ceasing. So then that brings me to the question, well, what is prayer? You know, do I have to be down on my knees? Is it a, a certain routine I have to go through? And the answer is no. All prayer is, is communication with God. It's a conversation with God. The creator of the universe wants a conversation with you, wants to know what's going on in your life. And you have that ability, anytime, anywhere, driving down the road, eyes open, eyes closed. It's a conversation with God. It's talking to him. It's letting him know what's going on in your life telling them the things that you need, the things you're struggling with, asking him for help, um, and being thankful and grateful for what he has done for you. Um, and that conversation could take place all throughout the day. Um, you know, and is it out loud or in your head? And I'd say it's both and it's where it's appropriate. When I'm in a meeting, it's probably not appropriate for me to be praying out loud in the middle of the meeting. That would be awkward and weird and God doesn't do weird, but, um, It's in a meeting, I'm praying in my head, you know, God, please help us. Please give wisdom to us. You know, please guide us. Please let patience prevail here in this meeting, whatever it is, whatever the situation. When I'm in my car, you know, by myself, yes, it's out loud. I think it's important to pray out loud. So um, I can remember, so we did have a meeting here. This was quite a few years ago. At first, became a believer. Still pretty angry at the world and at everything. Um, but we'd had a meeting about how we were hiring people, and the way we were doing it wasn't right. And I was upset, you know. And so there was like a list of five things in my head that I, I just was not okay with, and very upset by. And so we're in this meeting, and I can remember sitting there. I got my arms crossed. And I'm slouched down in my chair, and we'd already addressed like four of the five things. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking in my head, oh, that's great. You know, we got all this address, but this last one will never change. And I know more than think it. And the the main boss of the time says, oh, and we're going to change this. And he's not a believer. And it's completely out of his character. But I can remember thinking right there, whether I realize it or not, that conversation was with God. And it was at that moment when that man says that out of character, we're going to change how we do this. I knew that God was in control. In that situation, and that moment, and that he was using that to speak to me, like, oh, do you want to sit here and complain and sulk, you know, or do you want to pay attention to the work I'm doing? Um, and that my conversations aren't in vain. The things in my head just don't go away. I think of the Old Testament, you hear about the, the Israelites murmuring and complaining throughout the wilderness. Was that out loud? Yeah, I think it could have been out loud at times. Was it in their head? Absolutely, it was in their head. You know, oh, this is so awful oh, this manna. Do I have to eat this again? Oh, you know, this, that, and the other, you know, just thoughts in their head. And absolutely, those are prayers, whether we realize them or not. We're having conversation with God, and he's paying attention, and he's listening to everything we say. There is no hiding anything from God. All of our sins will be revealed, the Bible says. So, so it's very important to realize what prayer is. Um, I think of it oftentimes with my Catholic background, that, you know, I have to be down with you. I have to, you know, there was a, a, a process for praying, and that's not true. The prayer is anytime, anywhere. It's just having that conversation with God. And whether you realize it or not, you're having it. And he's listening, whether you realize it or not. So we need to be careful of our thoughts. We need to, and it's not something that takes place instantly. It can. He can remove thoughts from our heads. But when we come up with things that... that sinful things that we think be quick to ask for forgiveness you know when I'm sitting in that beating and I'm complaining God forgive me I'm sorry you know it's um we've been taught that the the more mature believer is quicker to ask for forgiveness if it takes you a long time to ask for forgiveness or if you have to argue with God you know that really isn't that bad or things like that that's a sign of not being a a very mature believer But the mature believer is one that is going to make mistakes, but is going to be quick to ask for that forgiveness. And God is quick to forgive us. And he forgives us of all of our sins, and he never brings them up again. So So back to Romans. um. So back to Romans here, chapter 1, verse 12. I want to read this verse one more time. So that is, that I may be encouraged together with you while among you, each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine. So, what is Paul saying here? And what I believe he's saying is that we need each other as believers to encourage each other. Um, That our faith, when we get to share our faith with others, other believers, that's an encouragement. It's oftentimes that we get to think we're all alone. Oh, I'm all alone in this life. I'm all alone in this Christian walk. I'm all alone in what I'm going through. And that's oftentimes not at all the case. You have other believers that are going through, maybe not the exact same, but going through similar experiences and you're not all alone. And it's very encouraging. It's encouraging to have other believers that you can call other believers that you can turn to, that you can have a conversation with. And as believers, um, that that conversation should ultimately end in prayer every time. Um, I have a couple of people in my life that I I can call when things are going good and when things are not going good, but almost always those conversations end in prayer. Matt, let me pray for you, you know, and then I get to pray with them. And that's, it's very encouraging. It takes my eyes off myself, off my situation and puts them back on God where they belong. And, and that's, what's important. Um, and so having that and i think that's what paul is saying here having that fellowship that encouragement with other believers is very important and he longed for that he wanted to be strengthened by their faith and he wanted to encourage them and strengthen their faith by his life by his walk by his example and it's very important you know his example um, set the tone for a lot of things and i i would have loved to have been able to watch you know and i think someday i will when I get up to heaven, I get to go to the replay room and I get to see some of these things that Paul said, some of the meetings he was in, you know, some of the churches that he was preaching in. You know, I think it's going to be amazing to see what he did and how he lived and that example that he set. And I want that in my life. I want to lead by example. Not that it's perfect, because we've been over this. When I make mistakes, when I fall short, then I have to go ask for forgiveness. But I want to lead by example. By when other people... Are doing things mean to me do I pray for them do I still love them and that's very very important because what happens when we pray for people and love people who aren't nice to us we change our mind and ask God to bless them and God changes our hearts and that's very important so, um, but yes this life can be hard but if it's not meant to go through on our own well, we're not alone and I think Paul further explains this in Hebrews chapter 10. Um, for what it means to consider one another, and you guys don't have to go there because we'll go to a couple verses. We um, can if you want, but I'll put them up on the screen. But here in Hebrews 10, starting in verse 24, and let's consider how to encourage one another in love and good deeds, not abounding our own. I'm sorry, not abandoning our own meeting together as is the habit of some people, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So what Paul is saying here is the point of of getting together with other believers is this encouragement, this how can I encourage you in loving and in good deeds, encourage us to do better, encourage us to love more, encourage us to love our enemies When they're mean to us or they spitefully use us, you know, encourage the good things in our lives. That's what we're to do to each other. We're supposed to encourage each other to be better people, to lead better lives, to draw closer to Jesus. Um, And he makes that very clear. Um, And then Proverbs 27, verse 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. God makes it very clear that's why, we're, that's why we're to be in fellowship. That's why we're to be together. That's where we're to come together um, at church on Sunday, but even outside of church. You know, If your relationship with God is only on Sunday, it's very superficial. And that may sound harsh, but it's true. Um, and I've lived that life. I've lived that life of God, here's my hour on Sunday, the rest of my life is mine. And it was a very superficial relationship with God, um, or a non-existent one. So it's important that we do get together regularly you know we choose to get together on Sundays, but do you get together with other believers outside of this? Are you part of a Bible study do you are you encouraged um, by the things that are going on in others' lives and do you have people that you can call that you can talk to and you can always call us my phone you know is always on Shannon's is always on and we do want to encourage you and to, and to do life with you um, but Really, we didn't get to know people in the church. Um, We really didn't become believers, I'd say, until about 10 years ago. Um, We started going to Calvary Castle Rock. And we went there for at least a year, maybe a little longer. But really didn't know people. Knew people, hi, how are you, on Sundays. But didn't get to know people until we started going to the retreats. Until we started serving in the church. We started serving in children's ministry. Then we got to know people. We got to start knowing more about them and start having people that we could do life with, the conversations with that we could call when things aren't going good, when we needed help. And that was important. You know, Our, our walk with God, like I say, can't just be on Sundays. It's got to be all throughout the week. And there needs to be more times of connection with other believers than just one day a week. It's, this life is too hard. There's too much going on, too much negative to only have one positive moment here and there. Um, And it's important. And Paul makes that very clear to us, that that's what we're to do. We're not to to go at this life alone. We're not to go rogue and I'm going to be on my own and and I'm going to retreat to the mountains and have my own time with God by myself. Is that important at times? Yeah, it's important at times to get away, to go in the closet, close the door and have your quiet time with God. Absolutely, that's important. Each and every day we should do that. We should be in prayer with God every day. We should spend time in the word every day. Um, and that's on our own time. But should we do it corporately? Yes. And that's what Paul makes clear here. So if we go back to Romans, we'll pick it up again in verse 13. So here, Romans 1, 13. I don't want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that often I have planned to come to you. And I have been prevented so far, so that I may obtain some fruit from you, some fruit among you also, just as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to, to Greeks and to the uncultured, both to the wise and to the foolish. So far, my part, I am eager to preach the gospel, you also, the gospel to you also who are in Rome. So, as for Paul's part, he's ready, um, but he's submitting to God's will. So he's he's long to go to them. He's ready to go to them. He wants to share with them, but that just was not God's will. He's been prevented, um, and that's a very important key for us. It's not just what we want but it's what is God's will, and are we willing to submit to that? Even when it's uncomfortable, even when we don't like it, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it's, um, God, there's no way you could be doing this. There's no way you could fix this. There's no way you could work in this. God, please get me out of this situation, or can we have the mindset, God, please get me through this situation. Your will be done. I don't understand this, but I trust in you that you have this handled. This situation you know, with that, that Romans 8.28 mindset, you know, that God's going to work all things for the good for those who believe in him. Do we really believe that? Now, that's not God works all things for the good for everyone, just for those who believe in him is what the verse says. And if he has to work things for good, well, then they probably weren't always good. You know, they probably were tough situations. And do we trust that he's going to work it for the good, that his will is always better than our will? Do we trust that? And it's not easy. It's not easy to say, okay, God, I'm not sure how this situation is going to unfold. This is uncomfortable for me. This is upsetting for me. This is frustrating for me. But I don't want to be about me. I want it to be about you. I want to glorify you. I want to bring you that glory, like we talked about earlier, how important that is. Um, But also Paul here is is making it clear that he is willing to, He's able and he's available for God's service. And that's important too. So it's God's will be done. But then are we willing, able, and available? You know, are we ready when God calls us to whatever that is? And that being ready is using our faith, exercising our faith. It's like a muscle. When we go and work out, you know, we strengthen our muscles. When we step out in faith, we strengthen our faith. Um, but it's not something that happens instantly, it happens over time. And um, and here also you know, Paul submitting to God's will being willing able and available but, God, or, but Paul does not pry open the doors Paul didn't force his way to Rome and we can do that I pray in my life for God to open the doors he wants us to walk through and to close the ones he doesn't um, but when I come to a closed door there's many closed doors that I could absolutely pry open if I wanted to but I don't see Paul doing that I see Paul being patient, which is not easy to do, and submitting to God's will. Um, and ultimately, what we need to be asking is, God, make my desires of my heart your desires, God. Let my heart line up with yours. And that's something we can pray for. You know, That was another thing that came up when we were talking to Donald. Um, he says, well, have you ever watched those two comedians? And I'm not sure which one he's talking about. He says the two comedians, you know, the big guy and the shorter guy. And he says, and the big guy, he just makes it very clear. He says he uses the Bible, which we've talked about how Satan will use the Bible and twist God's word. And this comedian uses the Bible. He says, well, doesn't it say where two or three are gathered in, in Jesus' name that he's there with them? He said, well, that's fine. Go get two or three of your buddies and gather together. And Jesus is there. And he says the Bible also says if you ask for anything in Jesus' name, that he'll give it to you. So he says, go and sit there with your two or three buddies and pray for a million dollars and see if it shows up. Well, you've taken the Bible and you've twisted it and you've taken it out of context. And that's what the enemy does. We've been through this. We've been over this in, in the past couple of weeks. The enemy wants to turn and twist and pervert God's word. And that's what they're doing. But it's not God's will for them to, to have this money. you know, And it's them putting themselves this is about me and not about god and that's the difference and that's an extreme example but we do this in our own lives you know i want this or i need this or i deserve this and we get very spoiled especially being here in the united states you know these first world problems that we have um, and it's hard to it's hard to get our mind off of that but god can help us when we ask him god give me a heart for the people for your lost people. Give me a heart for um, the work that you would like me to do. God, give me a heart for your heart, a heart after your own heart. Let my heart line up with yours. And when we ask that over and over again, not just once, not, oh, I asked you one time, God, and you didn't change my heart. This is on you. No, when we ask it over and over again, he begins to change our heart. When we change our mind and turn to him, he works on our hearts. And it's can it be an instant thing? Absolutely, it can. Can it be a thing where he, over time, changes our hearts when we continue to pursue him and pursue what his will is? And the answer is absolutely, it can't be. So to continue on in Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jews first, also to the Greeks. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written. But the righteous ones will live by faith. So so what does it mean to be ashamed of the gospel? For Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Well, the gospel is the good news of the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross for our sins. That's good news of our salvation, the good news of his love for us, that God so for, so loved the world that he gave up his one and only son for us. That's the good news. That's the gospel message, and we're not to be ashamed of that. We're to go out and tell other people about it. This is the work that Jesus has done. This is how much he loves you, um, and we've been over this, our testimonies. We've talked about that, how important that is, and Paul's testimony He gives his testimony often throughout here i once lived this way and now i live this way and the only the only way that could have changed is the work that jesus did in my life and for paul it was literal for paul he literally met jesus on the road and he changed his life Um, and that's a very powerful testimony and we don't need to know all the ins and outs of the bible to tell people the work that god's done in our lives i once lived this way and now i live another way and that's sharing the gospel not being ashamed of it not being ashamed To speak the name of jesus i think often we get comfortable saying oh and god and god but in this day and age we live in what god are you referring to are you referring to the god of buddha the god of the muslims the god of the hindus you know which god are you talking so speaking jesus name is very important and that's what the gospel is the gospel is jesus and the work that he did and we need to be not ashamed but we need to go out and proclaim that and that's what we're told to do so Paul says he's not ashamed for it because there's power for the salvation for everyone who believes. And there is power. There's power in Jesus' name. There's power in salvation. You know, being saved and set free from your sins. There's power in that. Not being a slave to those sins where you you can't get away from them, even if you wanted to. Even if your deepest desires are to. But that power that God gives to us it is bigger than all of that. All of our anger all of our addictions, all of our pride, all of our slander and gossip, all of it. God is bigger than all of that. And not just God, but Jesus. Jesus is bigger than all of that. So But Jesus further explains himself what it means to be ashamed and for that we'll jump to Mark 8:38. Mark 8 38. So we talked recently about how Jesus intercedes for us. You know, the enemy is the accuser. He accuses us of of one thing, and some of his accusations are correct. Some of the things we have done, and some of them are incorrect but Jesus is the one that intercedes for us directly to God on our behalf. We we've been over that and what that means. Um, and and now we get to see kind of the other side of it. When we're we're not pursuing that relationship with him, we're not walking in fellowship with him, you know, what happens if we're if we're ashamed of him, if we don't want to talk about him, if we're t- scared to tell people that we are believers, you know. I don't believe that we should go out and that's the first thing we do is introduce ourselves as hi, I'm Matt, and I'm a Christian. No, I think, hi, I'm Matt, and and this is, they can see how I live my life. And when it comes up in conversation, because it usually does, then you get to tell them about the gospel. You get to tell them about the work Jesus has done in your life. Um, and if God leads you to to tell them right away, you know, go up and introduce yourself to some stranger in the store, by all means, absolutely do it. And we should. Um, but, That shouldn't be the first thing. And oftentimes I get leery of that because I hear people who will say, you know, oh, well, I'm a Christian or we live a Christian life or or this is a Christian home. But then they follow it up with something that's not so Christian. It's like they're trying to justify their bad actions by saying I'm a Christian. And there's many people that do that. Um, And we can do that ourselves, too. You know, we proclaim one thing, but we live another. Um, And that's the hypocritical life. And that's who jesus had these hardest time with when he was here on earth was the hypocritical people and does that mean that oh we have to be perfect no we're going to make mistakes but be quick to ask god's forgiveness and he's quick to forgive you but don't live a life proclaiming jesus um, and and living your life doing the opposite living your life in sin and in in rebellion and in wickedness um, but also not to be ashamed of him so Mark eight thirty eight for whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. So Jesus makes it clear that if we're ashamed of him, he's going to be ashamed of us. And then and it's up on the screen, but it's also in Matthew ten thirty two and thirty three. Therefore, everyone who confesses me before people, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before people, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Um, and I think that's that's a very powerful thing to say, whoever denies me. Um, and we got to hear more about that here a couple weeks ago when we we listened to a, a message from a, a man at the far-reaching ministries west bentley and this ministry is amazing um <coughs> god has brought this group of people together and they do different things all throughout the world but one of the things that they were doing was when the united states pulls out of afghanistan these group of ex special forces go in and we're still getting christians out that's the kind of work that they were doing um so the these first world problems that we have, are they real problems? Absolutely. Does God care about them? Absolutely. But after listening to him, it kind of puts them into perspective. You know, these men and women, they're being killed because they believe in Jesus. And that's happening right now to this day. And, and this, this group of people, this um, organization was able to go in and, and help get some of those out, some of those people out. But through some of those stories, he talked about, um, they have different ministries. They have the this ministry that they were doing, um, they have another ministry in the the South Sudan where they raise up chaplains. South Sudan, there's heavy fighting. Um, and these men go and preach the gospel in, in these war wartime, um, times that they're having. And that was huge. And a lot of them have lost their lives. But the one story that stuck out to me the most was, there's a man and they're getting ready to, to kill him and they, they want him to to denounce the name of Jesus you know he's not really God say it or we're gonna kill your your family um, and he won't say it he won't deny Jesus name and I think of how powerful that is you know to to be threatened with that and not to deny Jesus and when I put it in that perspective and I put it here in this world am, am I afraid to talk about Jesus in front of my friends in front of my coworkers? Um or do, will I deny him, pretend like I don't really know him, pretend like I'm not a Christian? Um, when you have this man across the world whose family is being threatened to be killed over this, um, and he doesn't, and his family, his family was killed over it. Um, and how, man, how strong that is. And I think God gives him the faith. God gives him the faith and the ability to do that. But that wasn't something that that man over the, on the other side of the world just stepped into That was something he had been working towards god had been strengthening his faith the whole time and i i think we hear those stories and we think ah that could i could never do that no nothing's impossible with god jesus made that very clear too that all things are possible through him that he can he gets bigger than all the situations that we're in even ones that sound too big for our comprehension which that one sounds too big for my comprehension that if i don't deny jesus name. My family would be killed. Man, what would I do? And that would, be, that would be tough. But we're not there. We're here. And we're to proclaim the gospel message. We're to share our faith. We're to be a light and a witness to those around us. We're to love others. We're to encourage others. We're to strengthen their faith. Um, and talking about faith, let's talk more about that. Let's go We'll go back to, uh, sorry, let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. So there in Romans, in, in verse 17, Paul talks about faith. And so let's talk about what that means, what is faith. And, and Hebrews chapter 11 is, is known of the hall of faith. So which, I think this is an amazing chapter, and if you, if you ever want to, to learn, you know, when we talk about God forgives and he casts your sins as far as the east is from the west, he never brings them up again. I think this is the chapter that absolutely proves that. Because through this chapter, you get to read about different people that we read about, mostly in the Old Testament, and the things that they've done. But when I read about the Old Testament and I read about it here, it's a little bit different. And does that mean that the Bible has... Um, contradictions in it no absolutely not this is the example that god is this is god proving to us that he casts our sins as far away as the east is from the west he never brings them up again i read it in the old testament i read sarah who was abraham's wife and was told that she was going to have a baby you know later in her years and she in the old testament i read that she laughed but here i receive read that she received it by faith well Does that mean that she didn't laugh? Was that not true? No, that absolutely was true. This is just God showing that he is true to his word and he doesn't bring it up again. In the New Testament, what's between the Old Testament and the New Testament? Jesus' life, his work on the cross. And here we get to read just the good things that these people did. So this is known as the hall of faith, this chapter. Um, We're just gonna read the first three verses here. So now faith is certainly of things hoped for, a proof of things not seen, for by it the people of old gained approval. By faith we understand that the world has been created by the word of God, so that what we see has not been made out of things that are visible. So this is what it means to have faith. And we kind of alluded to this earlier that um, you know believing that God created the world that takes faith. Now if you don't believe that God created the world and Six literal days, can you still be saved? Absolutely. It's not a salvation issue. The only thing that it takes to be saved is faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus alone, not Jesus plus anything else. So that's not the issue. But our faith, our faith is what we, what we, how we connect with God, how we strengthen our relationship with God, um, and the enemy can make us ineffective. And the one of the ways the enemy does that is he. He takes God's word and he twists it and he puts us out of position. Um, he, did God really say this? He puts that little seed of doubt in your head. Do you really believe that God did this? And when the enemy starts to do that, he makes us ineffective. He weakens our faith, our trust in God. Um, and that's not what we want. We want our trust in God to be strengthened and encouraged. So we have the choice to believe what the enemy says right here. Believe what God says, that he made things not of out of things that are invisible by His Word. And that's a powerful statement. You know, when we go back to Genesis 1-3, God said, let there be light, and there was light. You know, His Word put that into motion. So how powerful is His Word? And I'd say it's very powerful. Um, and it's not a, not a play on words either, you know. His Word put things into motion. His Word created things, and He gives us His, his Word for us to live our lives by. Um, And it's very important. It's important to be in his word every day. Um, And not just a verse or two. I would submit to you, I'd try and read a chapter or two every day. Um, And not that there's a works thing here that, oh, if you don't, you're not a good Christian. Absolutely not. But if you do, and if you can, can read more and spend more time with God, God is going to strengthen your faith and your relationship with him every single time. And it's not a works, it's not a check, I I did this today, I'm a good Christian. No, absolutely not. It's a, yes, God, I got to spend time with you. I got to learn more about you. You spoke to my life, and I'm always amazed by that. You know, a lot of times I'll just read through a book, a couple chapters at a time, and so it's kind of like on a set schedule. And even when I miss a day, or I only read a couple verses this day, but then the next day, God already knew that was going to happen, whatever was going on in my life that next day lined up exactly with what i just read you know and spoke exactly to what i was what i was to do how i was to handle a certain situation how i was to react how i was to um, speak to others and it's always been amazing to me so so it's not a works thing by any means it's a relationship thing it's a faith thing it's trusting in god it's spending that time with him um and it's not easy We have lots of distractions in our lives, lots of things that pull us away from from our relationship with Jesus. Um, And I would say that's from the enemy too. A lot of times in my life when I was, I don't know, running late to church and thought, ah, I I really shouldn't go. You know, we're already gonna be way late, but we do show up and and what we did here spoke exactly to what we needed to hear, what we were going through. And how many times does the enemy try and get us out of position with whatever you know i think of it in football terms you know standing in that gap filling in the gap well if we're not there to stand in that gap or fill in that gap the enemy has us out of position then we can't do the work that god's called us to do we can't strengthen our faith we can't encourage others we can't do um like what paul paul's desire was to go to rome well when we're not, when we're out of position that we're not willing, able, and available for God's work in our lives. So it's important to not let the enemy sidestep us or get us away from God, but to trust in God, to follow him, to let the enemy know that he doesn't have control over our lives anymore. You know, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a child of God, and I am saved. With all that, let's pray. Dear Father, I just thank you so much for the work that you do in our lives, each and every one of them. I ask you would strengthen our faith in you today, that you would encourage us, that you would draw us closer to you, fill each one of us with your Holy Spirit, that we would leave here, that we would go out and be a light and a witness to you, that we would love others, that we would be encouraged by others, that we would um, not be ashamed of the gospel message, not be ashamed of the name of Jesus, that we would not be ashamed of our faith, that we would share with others the work that you have done in our lives, the, the changes that you have made that can only come from you, um, and that that would be an encouragement to them, that that would draw them closer to you, point them to you, um, that we would lead them to you. And it's with all these things, Jesus, that I, I pray in your name and just ask you to guide us this week. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So at the end we open it up to questions, comments.
1: I, I did have a
0: question. Okay. I always have a question. Prayer requests. <laughs> Prayer requests, okay My question, okay,
1: you talked about the gap. Can you explain the gap between the first the Old Testament and the New
0: Testament?
1: What did you say?
0: Oh well, the gap I was talking about was football relations. No, but no. But when we were Old talking, so we're talking the Old Testament, the things we hear, um, like the story with Sarah, Abraham's wife, who's gonna have a baby late in her years, and when she first hears it in the Old Testament, she laughs, you know. But when I read about it in Hebrews, it says she believed in faith. So what was between the Old Testament and Hebrews and the New Testament, and that was Jesus. Jesus was in between there. That. That faith, the, oh, that I change that. That, awesome. that eternity. So, so at this point when Hebrews is writing Sarah's with God in heaven but we don't hear about the things that she didn't do right so God's recounting to us through his word in Hebrews and we're looking back at these characters these people in the Old Testament but we're not talking about their failures we're only talking about the good things so God, so in between there is Jesus, forgiveness. Does that make sense? And that
1: was there, so There's a, they lived, a good, right, they lived a good,
0: um... Let's I mean. well, they didn't always live a good life, but right, we just don't that, hear there about was the, a lack the... of faith from the, her yeah. regarding, yep.
1: they lived everything by the word of God, but <laughs> they had lack of faith, it hadn't, there was that lack of faith in her that
0: i don't want to say kept her but yeah that was a lack of faith for some time. oh yeah That's yeah she lack. had that doubt and laughed and and right. probably did it that, in her own in her own mind or
1: right.
0: you know wasn't an right. out loud that, thing that was come did it
1: come partly of i lived this good strong life and and
0: worshiped you but look i didn't get anything from that yeah yeah and i'm That's too old got it I don't know how you're going to solve this situation I'm in, but I desperately want a child. You promised me a child, and here I am. I'm too old to have a child, and now you come and you're talking to my husband right now, and you say, we're going to have a child, and I laugh because she doubts. But I'm sure between that point and and what we read about in Hebrews is she asked for forgiveness, and that forgiveness came because of the work Jesus did on the cross, and now we don't read about her doubts She asked for forgiveness, those sins were removed from her. We only read about the good things. And it says that she received it in faith. So, now, did she receive in faith at that moment? Not at that moment. But later on, did she receive in faith? Yes. And was she forgiven for that? Is it never brought up again? Is it not in God's word in Hebrews? Yes. And I think that that's very important that God does forgive us and He doesn't bring it up again. It's not like when I forgive Shannon, if she makes me bad enough, I'm probably going to bring it up again, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <it's surreal. laughs> that's the real deal. <laughs> but that's just not the way God works. He doesn't, he forgives and it's a true forgiveness. It's never brought, and that's the example of how we're to forgive. When I forgive someone, I'm truly never to bring it up again. I'm never to hold it over their head again. So. But
1: it's also that God put us here and that we have to have the faith of even. He gave us a free will, and so even though um, something bad happens, many times it's not of His. It's it's we had a free will, and, and to, we go and do things that that we think, oh, it's it, I'll, I'll be forgiven, or it's nothing's bad going to happen. Even though it's like I I didn't have to do that, and now this is the consequences. And it wasn't on God; it was on you to take that free will. And,
0: Absolutely. And, oh yeah well. and we we have a friend whose whose girlfriend doesn't want a relationship with Jesus their family doesn't because their her brother is addicted to drugs and they blame that on God but when you hear over and over oh God's in control of everything well God is all powerful yes absolutely is God controlling every situation did God make that that right. young man do drugs no God did not do that that was free will that was a choice right. that they made it's kind of like Greg brought up here a while ago. We were over at your mom's house, and we were talking about, about faith and religion and the Bible and everything. And uh, he says, well, if he's such a loving God, then why did he put the tree in the middle of the garden for Adam and Eve to sin in the first place? Right. And the answer to that is without the tree in the garden, there is no love. Because we think of love, and we've talked about this before, you know, I love my wife, I love football, I love my truck. Well, hopefully I don't love them all the same. <laughs> Otherwise, that doesn't work very well. But the, the love that God's talking about most of the time in the Bible is this agape love, this self-sacrificing love. Well, for it to be a self-sacrificing love, then it has to be a choice. So, so this love I'm supposed to love Shannon with is a choice. I, it's not a feeling I have. And there's a Greek word for that word, the erotic part of it. But it's a choice, and without the tree in the center of the garden, without Adam and Eve having that choice, then there is no real love, and that's what real love is. The real love is to choose to love God. Yes. To love God. Yep. And love others.
1: Yeah. Despite of what happens in our lives, or the negative things to go, that um, to continue to have faith that there's a reason. That door is there, not there for a reason, and not, like you said, patience. And you go there's a reason for this. Yeah. I don't, <clears throat> there's a, I don't, Matt could probably say, but I think Mindy Love had said, there's always, and you said it too, but I, I don't know where it would be in the Bible, but you were trying to explain to me.
0: The part where when, when we're tempted?
1: When we're tempted, there's always a, yeah. Yep. That, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. The always Bible insane. makes clear that when we're tempted,
0: God always gives the way of escape. Yes. Always.
1: Right. And, that, and that, again, so clearly it, walk... A lot of times we don't take that option to go the right way. Right. We sometimes go the wrong the way. The wrong way and all and then the consequences then, that get we see yeah, based consequences on consequences but, that. Happen. And again, right. to the the like, like the blind faith, again, it's not what you see, it's in having faith for what you don't see Oh yeah. Um, like they say, walk by faith, not by sight, in
0: everything, and that's a hard. It's a hard, hard. Well, and Jesus made that clear with Thomas. You know, He said, "Well, blessed are you, Thomas, for you believe because you see Me." But even more blessed are the people who believe without seeing. And that's what He's. Yeah, mm-hmm. we don't. We don't get to see. We don't get all the evidence. Because if you had all the evidence. It really isn't faith. It's not, if you knew, it's not if you faith, knew the not, the math equation to get to that point, it's not faith that like, you believe in saying?
1: it. Could, yeah. It's just like that old thing saying, um, "Believe only half of what you believe, nothing of what you hear, and half of what you see." And you're like, "Okay, isn't that <laughs> yeah. interesting. Yep. How how negatively we've been brought up or been."
0: Yes. And I have a prayer request. You have a prayer request? Well, let me write this down. Okay. Okay, so I pray for Victoria because her bunny just died. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And his name is clumsy. And
1: she really misses him. Uh-huh. Did okay. that just happen? Her I was trying to sing today. I was like, Okay, Sarah. that's what oh, I
0: did all you.
1: week. Oh, yeah, I am sorry. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing, though, Brock, and I really appreciate it. It's cool. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> We're at the tail end of it now. It kind
0: of it's you fault. I fully <laughs> blame you Okay. Okay. <laughs> Joel tries to stay six feet apart all the time. Okay. That was not.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. We're still recording everything, so. <laughs> it's fine. I have a prayer
1: request and I think everyone's very much aware of that. Um for mom again to find peace peace in her mind and in her heart and understanding and that we all can walk in. it, but I was thinking and thinking and thinking it not. To so, yeah. Oh, yeah. I oh, yeah. didn't say it, but I'm thinking it in my mind. And it's very, it's been, it's been rearing. The devil is really, I think, for me, even, ugh. But. Absolutely. I think it's, I think for us, everyone, for us right now as a family, it's just kind of going back to where, Learning today is Paul wanted to it around, wanted it wanted it maybe right now and he had to wait and he had to wait and he had to wait it's the, the patience it wasn't it's in God's time and I think that's what we need to do no, is let go something. and let God take this and we need to have faith that God is and I think Matt you really. crazy world and the desires that are involved because we get over the top with it and we get angry and we get and it's like these are not great times these are not heavy things that are going on and it's like that there's a reason and I must be a reason we don't know what that reason is but we have to have that faith in God and so it can give that to we God. all do, and we, can have, we pray for that patience and love. Well, I, yeah, I think the prayer for that is His will be done. Exactly. I, guess I'm we, his, is, his will, I guess, right. is better than ours. And, right. that, and I guess, too, for mom now to find, then I'll let, to find, she has this, um, to find God. To find God again, and to, instead of, I mean, yeah, there's a great spirit, but I don't think she's thinking it's the same. A different spirit in her mind, I guess. Well, she's changed her you. Yes, Jesus. and that's a yeah, yeah. But, and that just gives us all patience, patience, patience,
0: and, and that um, that we can work together, and so. No, oh, you. Yeah. And it is hard to not
1: come. And he's heard it hurt, everybody's trying to leave walk away and be mad and angry and talk, 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 talk talk to our, everybody's tired of it here and it's like I guess sometimes now I just, some of the actions that she, I just go, like dad always said might as well laugh us cry about it it's there's a reason for this and so just to let it go oh
0: yeah, and, and, for it to <laughs> last as long there's a reason for it, absolutely
1: Matt's been really good about there's things like he could explain it better, but I think um, how did you say it when something's uh, making him angry, frustrated, mad, he starts to think of other people he needs to be praying for. Right, um, it's a really good place to be, and I was uh, been working on it this week too, is just to write down. When I can pray for other people. Or before. when you're really hurting, 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 and upset and sad and down. Take the focus off of, of me and go, what else? What can I do? Yeah. Because this is really hurting me so bad. But then go, there's somebody else that's struggling the same struggle or worse. And go, how can I help them? Because that brings, I think, so much more joy. Oh yes, yes. yes. First
0: yeah. and foremost. Yeah. Well, there's the, the spiritual attack part. Where the enemy wants to attack us and use us and get us off our game or out of position or make us ineffective, yes. and when you recognize that, the best way we've ever taught was to have three people to pray for for their salvation that don't know God and haven't—I mean, haven't picked out ahead of time. And when you recognize that you have that attack coming, you just turn that around <laughs> on the enemy. And the Bible makes it very clear that that the battle is not against flesh and blood; it's not against people; it's against the principalities of the, end it's a spiritual battle is what it is. So you, you, this is a, a battle strategy and the enemy doesn't want those three people to be saved. So when they continue, the enemy continues to attack you. For me, when I first became a believer it was all the things I've done in my life. I mean, things I'd completely forgot about are coming back to mind. You know, all these sense are like, well, that is, you know, definitely a spiritual attack and the way, and it lasted for a long time. And the way it finally went away was we'd, been going to church and got taught this and started using it, okay but I asked for forgiveness for that I've already asked once, I only asked to ask again but now I'm going to pray for these three people and then as I started to do that then all those all those doubts of, oh you'll never be good enough, you'll never be forgiven for this all that starts to go away the enemy, okay, that doesn't work anymore so absolutely, when you have that you're, you're angry, or you're upset you know, things are going not going good, especially yeah. over there Yep. Me. Pray, yep. and that's another one David before does that pity and you're like, Wait a minute. when David ends up in the caves you know someone in a pity party and who comes alongside him all these all these other people that are in trouble and hurting mm-hmm. and so yeah sometimes we think we're all alone in this and the troubles and the hurting and the truth is we're not and I think other times too in churches we think oh well, I'll never be good enough you know done all these awful things, and these are all the good church people here. No. Once you get to know them, (laughs) I haven't met the person that only told a lie in their life. They all have lived sinful lives. All of us have.
1: And I think just like this, this whole, this, today was so, I don't know, I think what's happened so often, like you said, is really do, do is, really do mean what you're doing, and Walk that walk. Not that everybody's perfect, and those things do happen. But oh, I have a really good friend that um, her she was raised. She was adopted. She was raised in a very Christian upbringing and Catholic. And she goes, I don't. She goes, I don't go to church, and I don't do anymore because I see they they would go here and then treat each other like that over here. What's Christian or or, or good about that? Why why do I you know? And I, I can know. see, you know, our society has just constantly brought yeah. that up. But I think Christian, I, I think it's coming together. It's starting to come together. And that's why so many people have left the way we were raised in Catholic, heavy-duty Catholic. Catholic Catholicism has really turned people on the other way to go, wait a minute here, there's another, and and seeing the difference, and I think it's coming around. I do. I really do. I actually was kind of like, wow. Um, one of the gals is she's going on a cruise, and she's going to. It's like Rome. And like she's like, trip. yeah, I've been trying to get tickets to get go to church and see the Pope. I was like, what? You have to get tickets? And she goes, yeah. You have to pay for it. And get to, I was like, I didn't know you had to course. pay to go to church. Yeah. Well, you so it was like a big deal. Well, so I thought yeah, that was kind of. When out. I went, I was telling Cherry, when Jim, when Jim's mother passed away, and then when his dad passed away, I'm a of them cancer. And it was like they, yeah. the money that went. It was for a prayer request, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, 5 dollars for a prayer. It costs five dollars for a prayer, and I'm like, <laughs> what? I go, why doesn't this go for cancer research? I'm like it was, just... and by the time I got done helping them with the, I was just like seething. I was like. Since when, you know, you just.
0: Since it I mean, becomes a, a business and not about God. It's a, it's a business. Yep, that's and exactly I think what
1: that's is. what's happened is, um, then when you do, like when you go and they start asking for money, which you do, you have to fund somehow, <clears> but when it's, you go, gosh, every time I go, they're wanting something, and you just go, geez, Louise, you
0: know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's a sensitive one for uh-huh. for me, is the whole the money, the giving. You know, like I even, like when we go to Christian concerts, I even get bothered when they pass around the uh, the Compassion International, we have the kids there. Because usually before that, they have somebody there that comes and speaks of this awful life they had. And I agree, they had an awful life. But you're using that emotion. You're using that kid to come up and talk about the life. And now, without compassion, you want to live, you know, you want to starved to death or something. You're using that emotional experience to kind of guilt people into giving. Right. And it, right. I'm just not okay with that, and I. That's why I do like the way Calvary's handle it. Where it, the only time it comes up is when it comes up as you're going through the word, chapter and verse. And, and other than that, that, it doesn't. And if God will. wants that church there, then because God will God provide for go. that church. It's, uh, it's that's not. Why
1: I was so happy that you direct because where I'm at in Santa Fe, I mean, literally, they are in a warehouse building next to. a <laughs> But if top shop, car shop, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, okay, this is. Cr- and then usually when they ask, the money is for, a, uh, not the church per se. If you feel yep. like giving, it's for like this type story, some some sort else, of it's for some sort of the kids that are starving, and now it's the fires that are going on, or this or that, or how can we help? And then they they chose, which has been great, and I'm, i I'm kind of glad in a way that I left my job because now I will go back to building the lunch sacks for the families that have you know, not enough money on the weekends to feed their kids. And it's just, it's, just it's awesome. such a wonderful feeling, but, and it's like, it's an ongoing thing. But it, it, I don't know, I just think it's really, really neat that they don't do that, where it's like so many churches, and I understand there has to be funds, but do we need to have this shrine and this huge, massive building and this whatever, no. Because, again, the church is
0: the people. Mm-hmm. The and if God wants that church there, he'll provide right. for it. And if he wants that nicer building, he'll provide that, for it.
1: You, are you aware, do you know, was there something bigger and better, or something more elaborate before in in Santa Fe? Did they have trouble getting something? Or, do what? you know what I mean, for Calvary or no?
0: Not that I know of.
1: Okay, I was just curious of what they got hmm. kicked out of. Who knows? You know, it's just a
0: different... No, from the way I understand it in Santa Fe that church came from okay. Albuquerque from Skip, yes, yeah. Skip. and we yep. literally and just a, his
1: he's got two big ones
0: there but yep. and um, God just put on these people's heart to yeah. come out of that fellowship to come start a fellowship yeah. in Santa Fe yeah. and then well I don't like I said it's like 10 years ago we get saved and just kind of stumbled upon this didn't know anything about it but really liked just the, all of it you know mm-hmm. chapter and verse let's go through the whole Bible because going to Catholic school all my life, I, I know what the Bible said. No, I had no clue what it said. We started to read through it. I had no clue. I, I know, couldn't I tell know, you I where mean, the books were at. You know, Dave would be like, going through and I, I'm lost. I'm completely lost, you know. And I'm thinking totally, to myself, yeah. I'll, I'll never, I'm never going to catch up. I'm never going to understand all this. And it wasn't instant. It took years, but... And it was lots of time reading and going to other Bible studies. And I'd mm-hmm. like to listen to Bible studies, like on the radio and stuff. Right. I just want to know more about or what his word said. I other
1: people's thoughts or how they interpret it, but it was like I went and started going to the Bible study. And she, the gal that's running it, she, like, she goes, Just start reading the Bible from beginning to end. And I'm like, I told you, that, and I go, Okay, I was in numbers or whatever. Numbers like, <laughs> <That was, laughs> oh, is a tough one. It's, but it. it's so yes. good to. But what's so great is what i figure. it's so interesting to see what's going on and what's happening in our world today and going hmm. and like I told Triangle I hate to say it, but I think New Mexico's burning out for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm not kidding. It's really tough it's really
0: it is. It's really, really
1: tough because I go well, why do I feel so toxic when I hear I'm like I'm just like it's like, we have a problem. They're not something. It's California. Except, well, yeah. Is, isn't it what I'm saying? It's really, really bizarre.
0: Did you have um, another question? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think
1: I know the reason why the whole grand situation is happening. I think it's to bring you guys as a family closer together. Amen to that. Yep. He <laughs> put that right up ahead. Yeah. Yep. Else one person or can divide. I know Jesus can put Just yeah. saying. I oh,
0: don't know. All right. Well, Should we end in prayer? And yes. One last song? Yes. Okay. Dear Father, I just ask that you would watch over Victoria. That you would um, just be with her in her loss. That you would um, just comfort her that you would um, let her know that you were there, that you're in her life and that you care about what she's going through. Um, and I ask that you would watch over Pat that you would give her um, a peace that can only come from you, Lord, that can only come from knowing you, that you would um, open up her eyes and her heart and her mind to you, and that she would receive you, that you would um, give everyone that's involved patience and wisdom, um, and that the, the family members that are believers would be a light and a witness. Not just to Pat, but to the other believers. That you would give them an extra portion of patience and wisdom. Um, and, and ultimately, like I say, that you would just bring Pat to come to know you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray all these things. Amen.